wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at also world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Uh, you're with uh, Joseph Maticic. I'm the secretary for the St. Adventist Church here in South Australia. And I'm delighted to be able to be your host today uh, for the program. So welcome along wherever you might be tuning in, wherever you might be today um, listening to us. Uh, great to have you along. And I uh, want to remind you right from the outset, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, your thoughts, your questions, your comments, any reaction. Uh, our text line number here uh, is 0488 That number again, jot it down. 0488 880 uh, Joining me uh, today here on Drive Time uh, is William Mawala. Uh, William is a pastor of uh, a few of our Seventh-day Adventist churches in Adelaide here in South Australia. And um, it's great to have you along, William. Uh, welcome along. Thank you, Joseph. It's good to be in the studio with you once again. Yeah, look, welcome, welcome back to a, a, another new week uh, here on on Drive Time. And um, t- today we are looking at uh, the question: um, What is God really like? And we're looking at this today, and we're actually looking at this question uh, all of this coming week. Um, we're going to be looking at. Uh, Aspects of, of, of this question, what, what is God like? We're going to be answering questions, um, uh, this coming week, such as, will you forgive me? Uh, will you give me peace? And will I have a future? And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we want you to text, text through, uh, on the number here, uh, one word that you would use to describe God. What's one word that, 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 that you, uh, most readily use to, to describe God. Um, text it through to us. Maybe it's a word that you uh, really resonate with or one that was most meaningful to you uh, when you came to know, know God um, or when you talk with other people and try to share something about him or what he is like. Uh, what would be the one word uh, in a word that, that you use? Text it to us on 488 Love to hear from you. Uh, do it right now, and we, we we'd like to uh, to share that here here on the program. Uh, William, interesting topic we're looking at here about uh, what is God like. Um, mm-hmm. In a sense, you kind of think, well, why are we even bothering to look at this? But it, it is important, nonetheless, because um, our view of God is actually going to shape everything about our about our our faith uh, and about ourselves, and even about how we relate to others. That's right. You know. As, as Christians, um, Joseph, um, when I think about the gospel, when I think about Jesus Christ, that's essentially why he came to this planet. He came yes. to give us a correct picture of God. And so um, as believers, we want to have a, a correct picture, and especially when we're evangelizing, when we're talking to people who may not have a Christian faith, they may have distorted views of God, perhaps from their own experience and mm. from perhaps uh you know, influences in their life. And so, yeah, it's really a relevant topic to actually see from the Bible um, 
what God says about himself and what I love about what we're going to talk about, Joseph, it's not just what he says, but he demonstrated it in the person of, of his son. So, mm. so we have the written word and as we like to say, you know, we have the written word and Jesus was the, the living word. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight's uh, conversation. Yeah. Look, um, yeah. So welcome back to another new week. Uh, William, it's great to, that we're able to be together here as we kick off the week here on, on, on drive time. And, uh, uh, it, look, um, Wherever we might be around, uh, we, no doubt we, we, we've been, uh, following and noticing how rapidly things have changed yep. and changing again, um, due to these, uh, COVID, uh, restrictions as a result of the, um, the, the, the coronavirus pandemic popping up. And, uh, oh, William, it's, 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 it's been incredible in, you know, in the last few days. Um, and even, even in the same day, what might be, a, uh, one thing in the morning by afternoon, uh, um, some government directive, some update comes. Um, the, the state, the, the state government's making some decisions and uh, changing things. Borders, uh, borders are getting closed. Yep. Uh, restrictions in place. Uh, lockdowns happening. People oh, yes. suddenly finding yep. themselves caught. Uh, William, it's been, it's been crazy, hasn't it? I mean, I remember um, just the other day when, um, uh, for example, uh, South Australia closed its borders to New South Wales. And uh, there was a a, a plane uh, mid-flight from Sydney to Adelaide, and uh, when it landed in Adelaide, uh, unfortunately, those people, uh, when they landed, they were directed to either return straight back to Sydney oh, no. or go into into hotel quarantine. And so, it's a bit harsh. <laughs> yeah. So suddenly things things have changed. I mean, you would have noticed that too, wouldn't you? Absolutely. In fact, just personally, my my brother who lives in Sydney, my brother, my sister-in-law, and my and my you know, four of his children, my nephews and nieces, they were actually supposed to come this weekend for their upcoming school holidays. Oh, to visit you? Yeah, they oh. were going to come up. They oh. wanted to visit me and and see the little my little girl Naraya. Yep. Yes, uh, they, they really wanted to come and see her. <laughs> but um, yeah, and as we all would know, in the last couple of weeks, with all of these outbreaks in Greater Sydney, yeah, and you know South Australia's response to that, it's yep. yeah, it was had to put a brakes on that. Did they book their flights? Yeah, they had. See, what happened was they had booked oh. their flights, you know, over a month ago because I think when things were really well, um, Jetstar or one of these carriers just kind of had this special and it was like really like 60, you know, it was super cheap. Yeah. So, uh, my brother actually just, you know, he pulled the trigger on it. He just got the tickets and then he rang me and said, we're coming over. <laughs> so like, I could understand what he was, where he was coming from because, yeah. you know, the offer was only just at that particular time. But yeah, I, I'm assuming that. You know, he had to have, you know, they probably um, get credit or, you know, they can get a later flight. Travel credit, yeah. But yeah, yeah. like, otherwise we would have had a full house at home for the, you know, the next two and a half weeks. But yeah, that's just the changing nature of the beast with this COVID pandemic. You know, you can plan things, you can plan holidays. But I just find it so, I just really feel for, um, you know, families and mm. parents just going right into school holidays and kind of had, you know, plans and maybe traveling in a state or, you know, visiting family, friends. And now you basically being told by the government, by the, you know, by the high powers that we got to, you know, especially in Sydney, we got to, you know, they got to lock down and do yeah. all these things. So yeah. that's just the world we're living in. And, um, Ch- Changes yeah. so so rapidly. As as I said, you can you can make some bookings, and uh, yeah. well, it's not even a, a matter of weeks. I mean, people people may have been able to travel uh, even you know the next day 
and uh, and suddenly it, it changes. We have friends that that yep. uh, um, transited right. through um, and caught flight up to up to Darwin into the Northern Territory, uh-huh. only to discover that they're flying into a, into into the city, going into lockdown. Oh, and so they, they've gone up there yeah. for a holiday, a family holiday, uh, to be there for um, for some time, and they've actually got to go into a lockdown. Yep. And uh, and subsequent to that, uh, South Australia has closed its border to Northern Territory. So goodness knows how. Yeah. How that and, and even today, uh, uh, what was one thing this morning? Uh, further restrictions have already come in this afternoon, and so it's a rapidly changing situation, very unpredictable. Yep, I think we've since the introduction of COVID, you know, last year, yeah, our world's a different place. It's almost like yeah. like with nine eleven, you know, it, it these are one of these big things that everyone's going to remember. It, it's just changed the world forever with the introduction of COVID, and now we're just living with this and. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see, you know, um, maybe in the future one day, then, then COVID will be a thing of the past. But right now it's, it's rampant and, you know, people are, you know, losing loved ones. And we're, we're lucky, Joseph, because yeah. we're living in Australia where yeah. we've been very, very fortunate very, here very in comparison fortunate. to other places. Yeah, that's, so that's true. That's the count of blessings. Yeah, look, yeah, I, I want to uh, expand on this a little bit, uh, William, as we consider uh, for a moment a little segment here on, on, on World Watch. Um, you know, our governments, our state governments around Australia and the chief medical officers that we often hear speaking have, have made these pronouncements and, and make these pronouncements and, and um, give these directives uh, regarding uh, what we can and cannot do uh, in order to, to try to, to, to manage um, the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, now, sure, we, we do need to uh, to do whatever we can to spread to, to to stop the spread of it, as we would of any any contagious virus. Absolutely, but William, what I find interesting is that as as the authorities, as the governments have um, provided these directives, uh, very, you know, some of them are quite restrictive, yeah. um, quite confining, quite quite rapid. Yep. What I find interesting is. How how everyone uh, mass essentially has just gone along and just complied with it all, um, you know, because because we're all told we need to do it for the common good. Yeah. Um, now, William, um, do these events with COVID restrictions and um, how law, you know, directives and in, um, uh, instructions are given and people just just comply? Do you see that any of that could give us a hint of how some of the final events of Bible prophecy could be fulfilled? Does yeah. that have any implications, do you believe, for Bible-believing uh, students of prophecy? Yeah, um, definitely. A um, couple of things before I – I think there's kind of two th- – the way I kind of look at it, there's, there's kind of a tension I see face um, – in our culture, Joseph, particularly from a Christian perspective, because on the one hand, you got Romans chapter 13, where the apostle Paul tells us, um, to do our best basically to, um, you know, to submit to the governing authorities. Yes. So on one hand, we have a civil duty to, to, you know, to abide by the rules and regulations. So there's a, that true. one aspect. True. And I think by and large, um, Australia is doing that, you mm. know, when, when the, um, the health experts give out advice, you know, we're basically compelled to do it. Like, let's be honest, we don't really, yeah, and, and there are fines if yeah, you, yeah, in place. So, so that's one side of the coin. But then there's the other side of the coin. I think is again um, coming back to you know our response as Christians. You know, there's um, 
you're well aware of the passage where, you know, Peter, James, they were told not to, um, I think it's Peter and John, sorry, they were, they were told not to preach in the name of Jesus. That's and there's right. That passage in Acts 5 where um, Peter basically says to the, the religious and the ruling authorities, we ought to obey God rather than men. That's right. So I think... I think that's probably part of the tension, as particularly you know, as pastors, we, I hear it a lot from our local members that um, they see this as kind of the beginning of the governing powers usurping their authority. So, so there's a tension. Like mm. on the one hand, we got to abide, but then on the other hand, we've got to realize that hey, um, at what point do we kind of say, look, you know. I'm not going to listen. And there are cases in the news, certainly overseas, they're very patriotic over there. I'm thinking of the United States where yeah. it's almost a, a badge of honor to not listen to the governing authorities. So so there's those two sides of the coin. But coming back to your question real quick, yes, certainly in Revelation chapter 13, ah. we, are, we are told by basically the whole theme in chapter 13 is this issue of worship, these two beast powers. You know, one comes up out of a sparsely populated land, the yeah. earth, and another one comes out of the sea. And the common theme thread through that chapter is enforcing worship. Yeah, and so, and, and people are complying. It, it shows complying. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the inhabitants of the world going along. And so you're finding a directive that's being given um, – a worship one in that in that context. Yeah. Now, what we're facing here, certainly with this with the pandemic, is not is not a spiritual worship matter, but but the fact that on you know as a population yeah. and we've all kind of just gone along, you know, complied, uh, could give us a hint of the fact that um, you know c- come some other crisis, whatever uh, authorities could say, well, we all need to. Uh, to do do something like this in some in some way, and uh, yeah, it could actually be a matter of conscience. It could be a matter of principle. It could be a, ma- a spiritual matter of worship, and uh, and uh, we would find that people were thinking, well, no, we all do need to do our part and go along with it. Yep, I was I agree with Joseph, and I think like also with Jesus in in the Gospel of Matthew twenty four. You know that famous chapter where he talks about the signs of the end times, earthquakes, famines, pestilence, etc. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's that phrase that he uses in that um, in the Bible where he talks. He says in uh, chapter twenty four and verse eight, very clearly, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Yes. And the uh, the underlying idea behind that it's um it's the imagery of a woman giving birth. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just as her contractions intensify leading up to the time of her birth, I think that's kind of what we're in. COVID could certainly be. It could be the thing that kind of draws us to some of these these end time events as as portrayed in Scripture and Revelation, but it, it could be very well just one of uh, many events, you know. But but certainly, if we're thinking of what Jesus said, things are only going to intensify. So yeah, yeah we're living in really interesting times, we, and we. and yeah, like and I feel uh, the concern of a lot of um, you know various people people mm. of faith who see this just as another. Another way for the government to, you know, take control over our freedoms and whatnot. So, yeah, so I, I'm not really, uh, I'm, uh, you know, to the best of my ability, Joseph, I try to, you know, we all try to live by what the government says. But but there's nothing in me at, at this stage, I, I guess, in my life right now where I'm really kind of digging my heels in and going, no, I'm not going to do this because I see this as, you know, a frontal attack on my beliefs and religion. Yeah. But, but definitely... If we go by scripture, there is going to come that time. Yeah. How soon that is, we just don't know. But if the COVID pandemic's an indicator of how things can change overnight, yeah, we just don't know. Things can happen rapidly. 
in a you know who knows where we are in the next few months mm, so mm. i think you know we have to take the counsel of jesus uh, quite seriously to be ready be watchful yeah. so certainly um we we are not to take this approach where you know everything's just business as usual no but particularly to to sense the hour in which we're living so yeah covid has definitely changed the world forever yeah, really yeah yeah and so so it's 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 a time that we have to be vigilant but um and, and yeah, everyone, like you said, you use the word conscience, Joseph. We've all got to kind of come to that idea, you know, is this something I'm willing to die on? Like, for instance, vaccines, that's a hot topic right now. And like, Controversial, you, controversial yeah. and a bit divisive, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And that's kind of like a thing. Some some folks that I've talked to in the last couple of weeks see that as just, you know, this is, this we're in it right now, yeah. you know, and they're very, they have some strong opinions mm. about it. And views on it, that's so, right. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. each each to their own. But definitely, you're mentioning Revelation. Yeah, like if we if we believe the Bible and we believe what Jesus said about end time events, yeah, we're going to get to a place where, yeah, quite frankly, we're going to be told how we worship. Where we're going to be enforced religiously, and there's going to be consequences if we do not follow the system. So, yeah. So, and I think that's where some people who kind of are a bit they're already kind of. Um, you know, ringing the alarm bells now because they have that context in the back because yeah. they know where it's kind of leading. Yes, yes. So, yeah. No, so, that, but that, yeah, it's definitely um, something we got to take notice of. That's really, really interesting. Thank you, thank you, William. We we certainly do live in interesting times, and uh, yeah, watch this space. Let's yes, keep our eyes and ears open, and uh, and particularly. Uh, it highlights how important it really is that we that we do understand uh, the Bible and um, some of those end time prophecies that that mm. really gives us a hint of how things could could play out. Look, uh, yeah, we're not here to to spread fear. We want to ultimately always remember that God God is in control, and uh, and that's why I want us. Let's just take a break now and enjoy this lovely piece of music, which uh, which reminds us of that very fact. Um, song by Daryl Sawyer called "I'm Never Alone." You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time. I seem to be never alone Though the one I love is far from me And though my travels take me down the road Or far across the sea There is one who never leaves me Though life's trials often grieve me As I fix my eyes on Jesus I'm never alone Never alone When trouble comes my way I'm never alone For you see I've learned to watch and pray And when the trials come I know therefore The trying of my faith And these trials lead to patience And God's Spirit says to me I don't need to fight this battle Cause I'm never alone Now there have been times I took a road As He was leading me Where none other than the spiritual I could see And though I long for human understanding From friends and family 
still small voice speaks to me continually sees from man and look to me for in program or didn't catch the name of the presenter? We've got you covered. Just go to faithfm.com.au and check out our daily schedule page. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time, a big Q&A with uh, Joseph Matichich and William Mawala. Um, great to have you uh, along this afternoon and uh, wherever you might be, be joining us. Uh, we are looking at the topic of what is God like? And uh, we, we're wanting to hear from you. Uh, we, we want you to text us in a word, in, in one word, um, how you describe God. And uh, our number is 0488-880-811. What's one word that you would use to describe God? Uh, that number again is 488 and uh, it's great. We've we've uh, got a response here that's 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 just come through a little bit earlier. Thank you, John. Uh, and the word that John has texted through to us to describe God is merciful. And I reckon that's a that's a pretty good word to to use to to describe him, uh, William. Um, Amen. Yeah, and and no doubt we will uh, yeah we, we'll look at that a little bit more. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, John, for for texting that through. And so yeah, in, anybody else out there? Um, if you can think of what's one word that you would use to describe God, um, what would it be? Text it through to us and share it with us here on Faith FM Drive Time. Our number again: oh four double eight double eight o eight double one. Now, William, we uh, yeah, at, at, from top of the show, we we kind of um, looked at the concept that um, this this might be a bit of an almost an unusual topic to to explore. But we recognise it's re- it is really important to have a good and correct picture of God, um, because um, people's picture of God will affect their view not only of God or faith or Scripture, but also of themselves and their relationship to relationship to others. And so. Um, Let's 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 get get struck into it uh, now and um, have a look at this. Um, what really is God like, and uh, what does that that mean uh, mean for us? Thanks, Joseph. Um, 
Yeah, so what I want to do probably before I jump into um, our conversation and kind of share a few things from this topic, um, I guess what the perspective I'm coming from tonight is to really kind of, I guess, challenge the picture of of a particular type of God that uh, I think many people um, currently have, maybe some people even listening to tonight's program. And uh, I think it's this idea that, that God is this type of stern type of policeman, type of strict judge type of God that, um, you know, unloving is, is not concerned with, with, with who we are and, and, and what we go through in our lives. So I think on the outset to kind of just challenge that picture and to kind of, um, yeah, look at the Bible, look at, um, what the text says about God and, and his character, because ultimately, yeah, it's important to do that, William, because um, yep. some people do have that picture of God. Yep. Now, um, maybe maybe some of our listeners, maybe not. But uh, uh-huh. it's interesting. Last last week, in the previous week, we were looking at the the question of, um, uh, especially the violence in in, in the Bible, yeah. violence in the especially in the Old Testament, and uh, uh, the, the the God of the Old Testament looks like a, a fairly harsh, vindictive God, and. Uh, yeah, now t- this week we're, we're really wanting to to uh, take the next step and really look at what God is God is really like. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I think like you were saying, you know, the topic of violence and in a lot of other topics, I think there's a general, I guess, misunderstanding uh, when it comes to um, talking about these things, the nature of God, what mm. is He like? Why were certain things happening in the Bible, like slavery and other? things, violence, you know, on face value, a person can just look at it and go, well, that's not the type of God that, that I want to get to know. But when you do a little bit of digging and you see a little bit of a context, you know, and in certainly we find that, um, as we're going to see tonight, that, that God is an amazing God and mm. he is a, a, a God that, that, that desperately wants to have a relationship with each of us. Okay. And, and that's part of the, why I became a Christian when I was 24 and, and, and for yourself, Pastor Joseph, and for many of our listeners is that we've come to know God as a God that uh, is a God that can be trusted. He's a God that loves us. Mm. So, um, so, um, yeah. So what I want to do tonight with our listeners uh, as they're um, driving home tonight or wherever they're listening from, I, I just want to share, um, probably four points, um, that um, what what God is really like, and, and I like how um, we're kind of phrasing it. What is God um, really like? Because the really there is kind of implying that there is a perception of who God is, but then to really understand, you know, the truth of of who God is, and you know, there's a lot of people listening. As I said earlier. Um, based on how they were brought up, um, whether they were brought up in a religious home or not, they may have uh, a lot of their influence from their parents or you know people of influence in their home. But we want to know from the Bible um, what God says about Himself. And so, um, yeah, I guess a bit of what I'm going to share tonight is um, there's a wonderful uh, study resource that has um, that is available, and it's a it's by two. Uh, the authors is Dale Ryan and Juanita Ryan. So, and they have come up with a resource called Distorted Images of God, Restoring Your Vision. And, and I love this resource, Sam Joseph, because it really unpacks some of these misconceptions about God. And uh, I love how they titled this uh, resource Distorted Images of God. And it's this idea of its distortion. It's, it's not really the God that's revealed in the Bible. 
And, and just coming back to Jesus again, um, that's why he came to this, this earth. Yeah. Because there was a completely misunderstanding of who Jesus is. Even amongst his own people, the Jews, you know, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, um, they were portraying a type of God to their people that that perhaps was not the picture that God intended for them to convey. That's interesting. Even though they were deeply religious people, yeah. even though they had the the, the the scriptures, if we could put it that way, uh-huh. uh, and uh, they they were privileged to to have the uh, the law of God and 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 his other teachings um, yeah. shared with them. Uh, yet yet they they had a misunderstanding of the nature and the character of God. Absolutely. Uh, um, and um, and that in turn was th- th- that was the false one that false image uh, and, and portrayal of God that they then portray to to, to the surrounding nations yeah. and uh, yeah that's a really interesting point so Jesus comes on the scene uh, God in the flesh uh-huh. to ultimately reveal God that's yeah. a really good point yeah so um, so Joseph what I want to do tonight is I want to share four points we'll probably take probably the first two and then maybe we'll head to a little break and then maybe finish off on the last two we'll see how we t- our time goes but essentially I want to kind of bring up these four key ideas and um, what I want to do with each of these I want to share um, we want to see the Bible because it's you know, I can share my opinions and ideas as, as you can as well. But I really want to dig into what the Bible actually says about God and what, who he says of himself. Um, so here we go. So the first, um, point I want to make tonight, what is God really like? And it's simply this. Um, God is a compassionate, he's a patient and he's a loving God. Now, remember I was saying at the outset, some people's pictures of God, it's this stern, this policeman, this rigid, strict, kind of not wanting to be uh, not relational type of God. And I, I think that's sad that people think that about him because... Why do they? Why, well, how think, have people gotten that impression? I think there are a number of factors, but I think probably... Um, Definitely, like how people were brought up. Mm, yeah, um, if they've had picture of God. perhaps a stern, stern father or yep. something like that. Often, often that that really um, uh, is a formative thing for for people's understanding yep. of God. You know, it's interesting you say that, Joseph, because um, you know, initially I was thinking of people who don't believe in God. But if I could just be open and vulnerable with you, um, and if my wife is listening, my, my wife, Michael Garland, wife, and Tarani, Tarani um, Moala, um, she grew up in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and and uh, for many Pacific Island cultures, religious cultures, um, often uh, we're brought up more of a, you know in a stricter setting. You know, there's a, a lot of you know hard discipline in the home. And my wife, because I wasn't brought up a, a Christian, particularly Seventh Day Adventist Christian, and my wife was being brought up in the in the Adventist um, faith uh, uh, belief. You know, pretty much you know from her birth. Yeah. And she would tell me stories of her grandfather who used to serve as the a mission president in the Cook Islands. Okay. And he was very revered. Um, Amongst his, you know, the Cook Island community, yeah. and my wife was saying to me, uh, we "We're just talking about this not long ago that um, that at, at his funeral, um, you know, when people would stand up and talk about Pastor Pastor John Masters, um, that not more than once the word <laughs> that to describe him was uh, very strict yeah. and very stern. Oh, that that he was pretty much a black and white." Type of thing. It's it's this way, you know. Yeah. 
And, um, and so the reason I share that, Joseph, is because my wife has memories of they would grow up and, uh, when he would lead out in family worship and he would, Basically, you know, he would speak and everyone would be quiet and he, whatever grandpa said, that's what, what would happen. And, uh, she even has this very humorous story. Now, <laughs> I'm just opening this up because it comes back to what we're talking about. Um, you know, he was very strict, like, you know, even how they would look and their appearance and that. And my wife tells me a story where one of them, uh, I think, I don't know what age, but I think, um, one of them got their, their eyebrows plucked. You know, girls, they, they yeah. kind of do that. And, um, and I think he got wind of it and he was so upset. Oh. I mean, we're not talking about overt makeup and, you know, going the whole nine yards, but I mean, just a little thing like that. Yeah. He was really upset. Yeah. And, um, so I guess what I'm saying is that <laughs> I noticed that when my wife tells me a lot of the stories of how she was brought up. Um, it's actually to some degree almost her picture of God is like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a very like, obey the rules listen don't speak god doesn't want to hear what you have to say almost like from her own context and i think that's how we are not just religious things a lot of things how the pictures that we're often faced with in our younger years to a large degree shape the the people who we are now we don't have to stay in that mold and that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. It frees us from misconceptions and distortions. But that was her will. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so um, if you're listening, honey, yeah. you know, I um, <laughs> didn't mean to embarrass you tonight. But um, but definitely her picture of God, by, by a large degree, was shaped by her, um, yeah. her grandfather and, and her… Um, a stern picture of God. Very stern. Whereas uh, the first point that you're making here, William, is that uh, that's not what God is really like at no. all. Um, because the Bible tells us that what God really is is that God is God is love. Yeah, yeah, yeah God Absolutely. is love. And um, uh, yeah, uh, and just just quickly on that one, actually, William, it, it's great. We, we've gotten an, another response. Um, okay, what do we have um, from um, from Lyndon? Thank you, Lyndon, for texting in. Ah. Um, now, Lyndon's um, uh, shares. Um, he says, "God is love." First John yeah. four eight. All right, yeah. Lindy stealing stealing my thunder. <laughs> is yeah. it Lindy or Lido? Is it? Lyndon? It's Lyndon. Oh, Lyndon. Lyndon. Okay. Yeah. Well, glad oh, you're listening. Ma- no, sorry, Lido. Maybe Lido. Lyden, or maybe there was a mis- typo. Yeah, Lyden or Lyndon. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, sending that in. God is love. And, and that's exactly where I'm headed. So uh, good on you, Lyndon or Lydon, because uh, we're on the same page on that one. So let me get to my first point. God is a compassionate, he's a patient, and he's a loving God. And there's a few uh, references from the Bible. I think that we can't start this conversation tonight, Joseph, by going to exactly what Lyndon or Lydon had just text through. The, gospel tell, uh, the Bible tells us in First John, uh, chapter 1 and verse 4, uh, 1 John 1, sorry, uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 7 and 8. It says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Just what you're saying, Joseph. So, I mean, we can just stop, the, we can just stop it right there and just, mm. what's God really like? He's a God of love. And so if we start from that foundation, um, I believe that's where we need to begin because that's a very clear uh, uh, text for us from God's Word and in who God is. And so you, you got this idea that that some people think that God is this stern, strong, 
strict, harsh, taskmaster type of God. Yet the Bible tells us that he is a God of love. And if you read the verse again, there's a bit of an imperative upon the believer to love because it says, John saying to the believers there, whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. So, so this I, so the first point is very simple, Joseph. Mm. God is not this stern, uh, taskmaster, you know, uh, a behavior-driven being that just wants us to live these, these pristine, picture-perfect lives. Because I think the misconception is that some people believe that He's a God that He is expecting so much of us that it's almost impossible. But when I read my Bible, Joseph, I see that God is a God of love. He's a God of compassion. Mm. And so, so there's that text in First John, and then I have to read this one here. It's in um, Psalm 103, and I love this text, Joseph. You've you've read it, I've read it, and I just want to read it out for our listeners tonight. Um, please, so do, here, please so, do. Yeah. So here we go. So in Psalm 103, uh, chapter 103, and verses eight through to fourteen, uh, eight to thirteen it says this: The Lord is compassionate and is gracious; He's slow to anger and abounding in love. I mean. Right there. I mean, that's the whole crux of, of who God is. He's compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in love. And if I'll just keep reading there, it says he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Verse 10, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And then it goes on to say, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us or our sins. And then I love verse 13. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. You know, Joseph, I've just became a recently become a father. You know, my daughter Narai is going to turn two in August and, you know, as you would know, uh, Joseph, being a father just changes your life. And, you know, I'll do anything for my daughter. I would, lo- I love her to death and I love her more than my own life. And, and that's the picture of God that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, it says in the Lord's Prayer uh, that when we approach God, he says to approach him as uh, our heavenly father. Yeah. So immediately, Joseph, there is this, there is this context in which Jesus wants us to picture God, not as this distant, you know, God that's not interested in us and, and our daily affairs, but Jesus says to call him our heavenly father. So when I think about this, Joseph, Jesus says, call him our heavenly father. When I think of my role as a father, as imperfect as I am, Joseph, one thing I know is that I love my daughter and I'll do anything for my daughter. And same goes for my wife as well. We, we love it a bit as you would, Joseph. You would love your kids. You do anything. And that's the picture of God I see emerging. So he's a God of love. And in here in First John, uh, he says God is love. Yes. And in Psalm, it says he's the Lord who's compassionate. So, so we just need to just kind of dispel the myths that are out there tonight. If you're listening tonight and you think that God is a stern God that is kind of overbearing, you know, this kind of strict police officer type God, I'm here to tell you tonight, we're here to say, no, 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 that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, paints God as a compassionate and a patient and a loving God. In a word, in a word, it's love. 
That's yeah, right. You know, that's um, it. And, and, it, and that's, that's really the, es- you know, it, it's the essence of who he is. Not, not just that he is like love, but, but he's love. Now, yeah. um, yeah, you, you're indicating there that, um, the picture is of a, of like a, like a parent and, and there's compassion. There's, uh, I think you, 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 you touched on the fact that he's, he's near. He wants to be involved and he's not, he's not distant. So yeah. that's great. Keep, keep going. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably share one more quick one before we go to a break, but the, so we've got a God that is um, loving and he's a God of love and he's a God of compassion. And point two really just kind of stems off that. And it's simply this, that God is a God of grace. Okay. And, and that is probably perhaps one of the most amazing uh, fundamental truths of Scripture, Joseph, this, is this idea of God's uh, forgiving grace. Mm. Um, so there's a text here. There's probably many texts, actually, that we could share on this. But the one that comes to mind for me is... um. In Hebrews chapter four, when it talks about Jesus, um, his role as our high priest in the, in in heaven, it just says there in verses fourteen and sixteen. I just want to read it uh, for our listeners tonight. It, it says there in Hebrews four verses fourteen and sixteen. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, it's talking about Jesus who ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Now here, here we we get to the character of God. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So Joseph... It's someone that we can really approach. Yeah, Yeah, really approach Jesus um, he is our high priest. He is doing a work for us currently as we speak. And the second point again, he's a God of grace. He's not this distant God that people sometimes like to believe and think. But no, no, no. He is a God of empathy and grace. And, and so I just want our listeners to kind of capture that thought tonight is that, hey, he's a God of love. He's a God of grace. And I can't help but, Joseph, think about myself as a parent. You know, when my daughter comes to me, when she's crying about something that can be quite minor or insignificant, but, you know, my heart... is reaching out to her, you know, mm. I pick her up, I carry her, I, 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 my whole focus is on her. And I believe that's the same picture with God, is that we may think that God doesn't believe, uh, doesn't understand or even care about what we go through. But the truth of the matter is that, that God does. And so um, before we head to that break, just those two big points again. Number one, He's a God of uh, love, um, as Lyndon correctly pointed out. First uh, John chapter four, that God is love, and and an extension of that really is a God of grace, yeah. is a God of empathy, and I think that's something. Um, yeah, that's one of the distorted things that people think that is he's distant, he's stern. No, the Bible gives us a completely different picture. That's great. Thank you, William. We we do need to take a break, and um, we'll we'll come straight back here on uh, drive time. But uh, yeah. To- Looking at you know, what God is really like, um, here's a song that reminds us that uh, God is there always with us in the good times and the bad. Uh, he's the God of the mountain as well as the valley, the ups and the downs. Let's enjoy this from Linda Randall. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain. Got peace of mind 
like you've never known But things change When you're down in the valley Don't lose faith For you're never alone For the God on the didn't catch the name of the presenter? We've got you covered. Just go to faithfm.com.au and check out our daily schedule page. Uh, welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time, big Q&A with Joseph Maticic and William Mawala. And uh, we've been exploring the question, what is God really like? And thank you so much to those of you who've, who've responded um, uh, to, to our question today where we wanted to hear from you uh, in a word that how you would describe God. What's one word that comes to you? And, um, yeah, we, we, we appreciate, uh, what, what you have uh, texted into us today. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And, uh, William, uh, we looked at just before the break that, um, God is love. That was the first and the foundational, the key point, uh, that God is love. He's not this stern, uh, God, nor is he distant or removed or disinterested. He's actually a God who, who can be approached. He's, he's like a, a, a perfect parent, a loving parent. God is a God of grace, you said just before the break. Continue on now, William, and let us know um, some other aspects of what God is really like. Sure. So, um, yeah, so before the break, we just had those two quick points. He's a compassionate God. He's a loving God. That's that was point one that we we're trying to bring across. The second point, what is God really like? That he's a God of grace. 
and I can't emphasize that enough, Joseph, is when you read the scriptures, you read the New Testament, um, you read about God's unconditional love. Yeah. And I think that's what's lacking, uh, what, what we all need. We need to come to a God who forgives us and believes in us and accepts us as we are. And, uh, and he wants to have a relationship with us. So, um, yeah, just let me share the, the last two points I want to kind of share with our listeners tonight is the third point is, uh, again, it's an extension of what we've been saying is that he's a God who cares. You see, I believe, Joseph, there is a distortion, distorted view about God where, again, as we've been saying tonight, um, this idea that God is distant, that, that, that somehow he's inattentive, inattentive to our needs. That somehow he is removed from, from who we are and, and the, the daily struggles and the experiences that we have. But you know what, Joseph, when I read the Bible, when I see scripture, it tells us quite the opposite, that he actually is a God who knows us. And, and I want to use the word, he knows us intimately. Wow. You know, like, like any relationship, you got relationship with people and friends that you may know on the skin surface, but then there are people in your life that, that they know you inside and out. And I think the closest we could ever get on this side of eternity is, uh, between a husband and a wife. Yeah. They know the ins and outs of that person. They know everything about that person, the good and the bad and the ugly. And yet here is God. The Bible says it actually knows us intimately. And the and a scripture that really comes to mind, Joseph, is uh, again going back to Psalms. In um, Psalm 139, now there's a whole chapter there um, that really opens up the psalmist uh, basically praising God for the, the closeness of God, this intimacy that the psalmist experienced. Let me just share a few of the verses. I won't share the whole passage, some 18 verses or, or not, but just a couple of key ones. Um, he opens the psalm by saying, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Now here is the psalmist saying that God knows him. Mm. Listen to how he unpacks this for a moment. Verse 2, you know me when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar off. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. And he keeps going on, Joseph. So here is God who says, that, hey, that I know you. I, I, I see everything that you do. And if you skip down, one of my favorite verses from this chapter is um, verse 13 and 14, where the psalmist says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So it's not a case of um, he knows everything about us or he's watching everything about us like like Big Brother. Yeah. Because that, that actually has... um. Uh, uh-huh. Some some neg- negative connotation, yeah. doesn't it? Big Brother is watching, and you know nowadays we have surveillance and whatever else cameras and uh, other means of tracking people's movements yeah. so much. <laughs> that, that that's not what we're talking about no. here with God, because what you've just uh, gone on to uh, to read here, uh, William, is the fact that this is the one who's actually formed us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right in our mother's womb, right, right from conception, he, he he's known everything about us, and, and not not just knowing Absolutely. about us, but he's he's actually formed us, he's created us. Yeah, that's yeah. not Big Brother. Yeah, and yeah, we're we're raising this idea of creation, this idea of origin, and here is God saying that He created us, He knows us, yeah. He loves us. That's powerful, and, and even more than that, He has a plan for us. Let me uh, just, if I go to just skip down a few verses, sure. It says in verse seventeen and eighteen, it says. 
And here is the psalmist again, almost just brimming Joseph with just exuberance and joy because of this God that he serves. Listen to the words of the psalmist. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, verse 18 says, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Mm, And and that is a beautiful picture that that here is the psalmist. Here is a believer who says, you know what? Um, When when I think about God, that, that he's thinking of me. And, and again, to our viewers tonight, if you may have a distorted picture of God or you may have been brought up in a household that may have had a distorted picture of God, I'm here to tell you tonight, we're here to say, no, 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 the God that is presented in Scripture is an, a God that wants to know us, He created us, and He wants to have a relationship with us. And so, so yeah, that, that is a huge thing um, when we think about God and His character. So He's a God who cares and this idea that that God is inattentive, that somehow He's not interested, that's that's it couldn't be further from the truth. Mm, no, no, no. Um, yeah. So that that's point three, and then um, if we go to my last one tonight, and you know there's there's plenty others, but we're only sharing four this evening. The the, the fourth point that I want to kind of share tonight um, is that He's a God. Um, he's a God who helps us in every uh, situation. Mm. And I think we've been kind of, it really stems from what we're saying tonight. Yes. But a couple, couple of um, references there um, in the Bible, in Isaiah 41, he, and God talks about that he promises to strengthen us with his right hand. Um, there's a beautiful text in Isaiah 49, uh, verses 15 and 16, where the Bible says that God will not forget us. In fact, he says even in that text that, that his love for us is even greater than that of a parent. That even if a parent, a, a nursing uh, a mother may forget her child, but God says he will never forget us. Uh, that's, so, that's powerful again. Again, it brings it, it's yeah. using imagery of, of parents, but, uh, which is that, that closeness, that intimate, intimate kind of relationship. And, uh, yeah, you've touched on there, you know, a parent forgetting a child. It's, it, that's r- pretty much unthinkable. Yep. Uh, and, and it's using that as a, to, to really underscore the point that God will never forget us. Yeah. He will never, yeah. Yeah, us. and um, and even in I think it's in Romans eight, Joseph, where um, you know, Paul says, "What what can separate us from the ah, love yes, of Christ?" Yes. So it's again. I, I hope there is a common thread yeah. for our listeners tonight that that God is He's crazy about us. He loves us, and, and in the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, that is the ultimate display of who. And what God is really like. He's yeah. a God, really a God of self-sacrificing love. And so, um, so just kind of recapping tonight, um, Joseph, you know, I hope that we've, um, at least started the ball rolling for this coming week with the, with the rest of our, our team as they kind of unpack this tonight is that he's a God who cares. He's a God of love. He's a God of grace. And he's a God who promises to help us in, in every situation. Um, before I, um, I know you're going to share something just a tick. Just I want to share this little, um, there's a text in Hebrews 13 um, where, you know, the Apostle Paul speaking again, he says that um, God will never leave us nor forsake us. Mm. And so, you know, I cannot help Joseph but think that, you know, there are people in, in listening maybe perhaps and there's people in our world that they don't have this picture. No. And I think that's incumbent upon us, Pastor Joseph, is... To, 
is that to allow Jesus, to allow God to live in and through us yeah. so that they can see God in us. So and that's why I believe God calls us to know him because ultimately he wants, um, he wants him in us so that others can see um, in God working in us through our words and through our action in our daily life. In fact, Jesus said it, put it this way, to let our light shine yeah. so that people may see our good works. And I just stem that fact, we'll see what? See God in us. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I hope we've like at least, um, you know, started this conversation and if you're listening tonight we're just going to keep picking this up through drive time this coming week but um you know if i could just say that again um there are people who have a different picture of god and um and quite frankly um some of them perhaps even legitimate joseph because um things have happened to them in the name of religion and christianity i'm thinking of you know certain things that are prevalent today we won't Mm. go down that road but but people have been scarred in the name of religion and church. So, um, so I, I guess I, I just want to kind of, you know, kind of wrap my little bit by saying, you know, God is a God of love, and ultimately, God wants to know us. Yeah. He wants, and He wants to know that He can be trusted. He's a God that is faithful. He'll never let us down, and it's up to us whether we want to enter into that relationship with Him. That's great. Thank you, William. That that is yeah, really good. Um, and, 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 yeah, very significant to understand what, what God is like and that he actually wants to be known, known yep. by us. And, um, yeah. And so look, um, we, we do need to, um, we need to finish up, uh, William. Um, our time is, uh, is, is, has pretty much gone for, for today. Um, but thank you for joining us, uh, today, uh, on, on drive time, uh, joining myself, Joseph Matichich, uh, and William Mawala. Uh, I invite you to join tomorrow again on Drive Time when Gary Hodgkin and Eric Hall uh, will be here uh, looking at the question, will you forgive me? Mm. Hope you can tune in then. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. But in the meantime, please remember what Jesus said when he said these words, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. John fourteen twenty seven. May God richly bless you.